in good old Missouri where I live. Uh, it's an honor and a privilege to be in the St. Louis churches. I have been uh, able to minister a lot uh, in St. Louis over the last few years. My home church, the sanctuary, I've done a lot of outreach there and preaching and then new life and then here and then it's just a wonderful thing to be able to be in your own metro area and do the work of the Lord in a place that you live. It's always exciting. Um, if you have your Bibles, and I'll get into a couple things at once or whatever you use, Luke chapter 8, I understand it's Wednesday night, verses 23 through 27 or so, 28. We'll see how this goes. But I want to say this real quickly. Um, Outreach is so important to a church. Uh, church growth, uh, to see people getting the Holy Ghost, to see people being reached into the community, to see new people coming to the Lord. Uh, we have seen God do some great things here in the St. Louis churches, much less other parts of the country. But I believe uh, in the short time that I'm going to be here, I believe we need to write, try to reach our community the best that we can. Now, I've never, I don't know much about O'Fallon. I've done most of my outreach here over on the other side of the bridge, as I say, on two, over of 270. But people are people, whether it's here, there, in different parts of the country. And I think that we need to go out, those that will be willing to go out and do this, I want to try to reach into our communities over the next few days. Um, I'd like to do some outreach. I'd like to go out tomorrow, pick out some good places to hit. And I would like to make a big push, if this is okay, uh, for Friday and Saturday. Uh, but I first want to go out, look around the area, get familiar with the city, and then hit the streets hard Friday. And I know me and Brother Buford may, I don't know what he's got scheduled, but Friday and Saturday I would like to go out. Could anybody help uh, Friday in the late afternoon? I, I only have one service to ask this. Around 5 or 6 o'clock, I'm trying to pick a time. Could anybody help Friday around 5 or 6? Hold up a hand if you can. Help Friday around 5. And then there's a few of you that can help. Okay. And then also Saturday, I would like to go out and reach into the city. Saturday uh, early afternoon would probably be good. I don't think it's going to be extremely hot this time of year. It's already starting to cool off. So I'm thinking early afternoon if that's all right. Saturday, maybe around 1 or so. We can meet here at the church. Could anybody go Saturday for a few hours? Hold up your hand if you can. We'll meet here Saturday. So Friday, Saturday. Tomorrow I'm going to go out, look at the area, see what we can find. We should be, uh, I'm, we're living in a time where I have seen more people. They always preach about end time revival and what's going to happen. I believe that we're seeing the end time revival. I've seen more people get baptizing of the Holy Ghost now than I ever have. Seeing people every week, last week in Memphis, did outreach, saw people get baptized, get the Holy Ghost. It's a regular thing, not because of me, but because when you do what God has called you to do, He always provides and sends people that you reach out into the kingdom. Uh, it was exciting if you, I could tell you stories of a, of a lady that was just walking to her car last Saturday. She was somebody, she's going to her car to get in her car. I went up and talked to her for 10 minutes, 15 minutes, ministered to her, prayed with her. She came to church Sunday, got baptized, and got the Holy Ghost. That's a regular thing happening. If it can happen in Memphis, it can happen in St. Louis, it happens in Houston, Dallas, wherever. It's no different here than it is anywhere else. So if you have your Bibles... Luke chapter 8, verses 23, and I'll start reading there. 
If you want to stand, you can. I don't know how you all do that around here. But as they sailed, he fell asleep. And there came down a storm of wind of the lake, and they were filled with water and were in jeopardy. And they came to him and awoke him. This is obviously talking about Jesus. Saying, Master, okay, Master, we perished. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water, and they ceased, and there was a calm. And he said unto them, Where is your faith? And they, being afraid, wondered, saying, One to another, What manner of man is this? For he commandeth even the winds and the water, they obey him. And they arrived at the country of the Gadarenes, which was over by, against Galilee. And he went forth to land. There met him out of the city a certain man, which had, which had devils a long time and wore no clothes. Neither abode in any house, but in the tombs. And verse 28, I'm going to read this. And when he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell down before him. And with a loud voice said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of God most high? Beseech thee, torment me not. I want to speak for a few moments this evening. Not you, it's your land. Not you, it's your land. Who needs a blessing from God in this place? Hold up your hand. Does anybody need a blessing in this place? Anybody need a prayer answer in this place? Hold up your hand across this place. I know it's Wednesday, but I want you to lift up your hands with me, and I want you to ask God to move on somebody in this building that's going through a tough time. Lord, I'm asking you to touch every individual, every member of this church. You are a healer, a provider, a miracle worker. I'm asking you to strengthen, to deliver, to change, revive every visitor, every member that's in this place. I give you glory for what you're about to do. In Jesus' precious name I pray. Somebody give the Lord a hand clap of praise across this building. Somebody let the Lord know we've come to give him honor and praise. You may be seated. I want you to please keep in mind also before I even begin, I, my heart has been heavy. I preach a lot in Houston. I spend a lot of time in the Houston city. City limits have done a lot of outreach in the city of Houston. Um, as a matter of fact, I'm supposed to be going down to Katy, Texas, which is a suburb of Houston, which I spend a lot of time at that church in about two weeks. But I don't know the water, the, the way it is, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. They've never had such flooding. It's record flooding, and that's, that's hard to do. So if you could remember the city of Houston in your prayers that the Lord moves. It's, it's just unbelievable. My heart has just been extremely heavy for what's going on down there. I want to share something with you as I open up here this evening on this beautiful Wednesday evening service. I remember, I was not, many of some of you, I, I guess I've never met most of you here this evening, but I was not raised around the church. And not being raised around the church, I will never forget that uh, after I got into church and as he talked about, went to Bible school, having no family in the church, I moved to a place for a while in northeast Arkansas, a quiet little town and small area to a small, remote little country church. And I will never forget when I first moved there, it's almost like the pastor and the pastor's wife adopted me and took me in and I became close and became part of the family. Immediately I felt like I had a mother and a father that I had never had before in my life. And I remember I felt so good being around this family. I thought in my mind that I would never leave this area. 
I thought I found a home. I could live there the rest of my life and be close to what I adopted parents. And I ended up calling them Ma and Paul, a good Arkansas name. And I got real close to them, and I thought I was at home, and life was good, and this is just the way that I was going to spend the rest of my life. But I remember Ma walked around, and she began to tell everybody. She began to tell, and I, I mean, Ma was involved in every single department at the church. She was involved in the ladies' ministry, the youth ministry, the children's ministry, uh, grandma's ministry, if there was one. She was involved in every part of the church. And I remember Maul would went around the church and she began to tell everybody. She started telling people inside the church that though Charlie's living here right now, I believe that God's going to shift his life and he's going to move to a de- different area so he can be used more of God. And the reason I share this with you is the mere fact that when she told the church that later on, she sat me down and she said, God's getting ready to shift some gears in your life. And she said, but the devil doesn't like what God's getting ready to do do in your life. He wants to use you as target practice. He wants to bring you down even though God wants to raise you up. She told me in the southern way in an Arkansas voice in 1 Peter 5 and 6, Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. But she told me something I will never forget in southern way. She said, don't ever get too big for your britches. She said, keep yourself low so God can raise you up. He doesn't, he doesn't like, Satan doesn't like the passion that you have for God. And she said, the devil is like a roaring lion. And she said, the key word is roaring because he's making a whole lot of noise trying to scare you to keep you from doing what God has planned for you. She said, and she went on to say, if you're not careful, he'll ruin your future before it even gets started. He's looking for a church, she even said, that he can divide. He's looking for an addiction that he can plant. And when she went on to tell me all this, I began to think, you don't have to be a preacher as you sit in the house of God to have a bullseye on your back. The birthmark of a believer on a midweek service is the fact that you have a bullseye on your back. We are born again into a living hope. As you were born into a living hope, you were also born into eternal struggle. And as I opened up scripture with you this evening, I want you to understand, Jesus came into a turbulent situation out of a turbulent situation. He landed in a place called the Gadarenes and stepped onto some dry land that was similar to where Jesus wanted to go to affect the change of the people. And the moment he stepped on this dry land, there was off the boat, there was a wild, hairy, rough-looking figure that came running towards Jesus. And he gets close to Jesus, and I want you to hear this. We've heard it before, but maybe not like this. He falls down at his feet, and he begins to worship Jesus. And the next thing he says to Jesus is, don't torment me because I adore you. 
And I began to imagine on midweek service, I began to imagine being a disciple and watching Jesus get off of this boat, coming out of one storm and walking into another. And when he lands on this land, this man who was tormented, who was cutting himself up, falls to his knees and says, I adore you. The guy's doing the right thing by falling to his knees and doing the right thing. But there's one thing that I don't understand. There was something wrong with the man's worship. As he worshiped Jesus, a conversation goes on between Jesus and this man in a different dimension. From what the disciples could see, for example, this man falls to the knees of Jesus and he calls him son of God. But yet the disciples didn't even know that he was the son of God. So how in the world could this tormented man know that he was the son of God? At the time, most of Jesus' disciples didn't even know who they were even with. But yet he called them son of God. They went there. At, they weren't there at the virgin birth. The disciples weren't. They were not there in the Jordan River. They had not, they'd only seen him as a teacher, as a rabbi, as a master. But this guy falls down and worships him and calls him son of God. And when he does this, Jesus begins to negotiate with these spirits who, who said, if we must leave the man, don't make us leave the land. Jesus cast the demons who are called legions. And legions obviously are like soldiers. They're organized. They're prepared. He cast them out into a herd of swine, and the swine run down the hill and the lake and begin to drown. And this is what I also want you to hear. And all the herdsmen are shocked because they've never seen this before. Run to the city and tell them what happens. And the city comes out to see Jesus. And the city came out to watch that Jesus cast out these demons and they went into swine and the city showed up not because of good preaching, not because of good singing, not because it was a great Wednesday night service, but they came out because they heard that there was a demon that was being cast out. Sometimes you walk into the house of God and if it hadn't been for demons, there wouldn't have been a miracle in Scripture. And if there wouldn't have been a miracle, there wouldn't have been a revival. Sometimes in O'Fallon, Missouri, the city comes out to see Jesus because of a demon. And if the city comes out to see Jesus because of a demon, maybe you need to learn that when you walk into the house of God, you're under attack for a reason. You're going through a struggle and a trial on a midweek service because of a reason. Because he's not just after you, but he's after your land. He's after what you own. He's after what you're connected to. He's after who you know and where you go. Jesus went through a storm to get to this man. This man is significant. One stinky, hairy demonic guy and Jesus goes through a storm to get to him and talk to him in fact Jesus says let us pass over to the other side 
That is why he got on the boat in the first place, to reach the other side. In other words, Jesus said, for us to see apostolic revival, we've got to do what? Expand the area. We can stay on this side of the water, but there's a demon on that side of the water, and we need to expand the area. And the only way we're going to have apostolic revival is to go to the other side and take on the demons that are keeping us from the land that belongs to us. Whenever you get ready to expand, does anybody hear what I'm saying this evening? Whenever you get ready to expand, get ready for a demon to show up. Whenever you get ready to have revival, as long as you stay over in your little comfort zone, everything will be all right. But the moment you try to break away and begin to claim new apostolic revival territory in your life, the moment you begin to start claiming miracles and healings and financial blessings, the moment you begin to claim your family, your home, your children, your cousins, you know what I'm talking about. The demons will show up and try to raise hell against you from having revival. And I'm here to tell somebody that's walked into this place. The pain of this man is he had no life. He had no future. And he had no connections. He hated himself. He cut himself in the tombs. He attacked his own future and his own prosperity. And when pain gets strong, you can't reason or think or figure things out. Sometimes we are so engrossed and the enemy walks in. He's not interested in you. He's interested in your area. He's interested in your land. He's interested in your connections. He's interested in who you can reach, who you know. He doesn't just want to take you out. He wants to take your children. He wants to take your cousins. He wants to take your mom. He wants to take out the people at your school, the people at your work. And if he can get you so engrossed in your pain, we won't get the point of what we're dealing with. Who's going through something right now? Hold up your hand right now in midweek. Go ahead, hold up your hand if you're going through something. Hold it up high unless you're going to have rotator cuff surgery. Keep it high. Listen to me. Sometimes we are so engrossed with the pain, we don't get the point of what we're facing. Do you hear what I'm saying? You can have pain so bad, your blood pressure will go up. You can have pain so bad, you lose your spiritual appetite. You can have pain so bad, you forget what it's like to smile. You can have pain so bad, you feel like you might as well give up. The storm that came out of nowhere when Jesus was crossing to the other side. The unusual storm that came out of nowhere. Jesus had to rebuke the wind and the waves just to get to the other side. He had to deal with the storm before he could get to the land to deal with the demonic guy. The storm was Satan's first response to try to stop Jesus from getting to the man in the first place. 
The enemy will set up one storm in your life after another because when the storms are coming, he is trying to keep you from getting to your destiny or what God has for you in your life. He will stir up something unexpected and you think, why in the world am I going through this? Because he knows if you get to the land, there's going to be revival. There's going to be an expansion. There's going to be growth in your life. Every time, I hope this is all right, church, on midweek. Every time you step into a new land in your area, all hell will break loose. As long as you stay in your religious Pentecostal corner, you're okay. But I believe there are people that want to see more healings in their family. They want to see more miracles in their lives. They are sick and tired of the devil tormenting, and they are sick and tired of all hell breaking loose around them. Every time you begin to step out and get out of just coming to church on midweek and you start stepping out by faith, I'm here to tell you that all hell breaks loose many times because I'm here to tell you the storm may not seem connected to your goal, but it is attached because it's an attack of the enemy because he does not want you to get to the land that God has called you to go to. You cannot have an expansion if you're not willing to fight a storm. You cannot come in here and expect God to bless with no emotions. You've got to learn how to pray. You've got to learn how to worship. You've got to learn how to fight. You've got to learn how to get out of your comfort zone. You've got to get determination that no matter what comes against you, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I refuse to be refused. The storm always comes before you get to the land. We always hear about Jesus and dealing with the, the, the demonic man. And I'll get to that in a minute. But we don't ever hear about the storm that he had to say, peace be still. When all the other disciples were panicking, all of them were worried. Jesus had to calm a storm. When things come against you, the first thing we want to do is question. And we want to panic. If Jesus would not have rebuked the storm, he would not have made it to the Gadarenes. And this is what I want you to understand. He went over there to deal with the Gadarenes who were Gentiles. They were not Jews. Jesus, he went over to deal with Gentiles. What in the world? I just told you that he rebuked some devils, and I'll get to that in a minute. And what did they go into? They went in. To pigs. What in the world are they doing with pigs over there? Because I want you to understand the only way he was to cross into a new land, not only was he bringing revival, but he was bringing totally different cultures together. So not only was he going to cast out devils, but he was bringing people from all lifestyles and all backgrounds together to have this revival. I'm here to tell you, when you claim new land, you're going to walk in areas that demons cannot stop. You're going to walk into worlds that devil cannot stop. You're going to reach people that may not look like you, may not act like you, may not smell like you, but I'm here to tell you when you step out on faith you will see greater things. Somebody clap your hands unto the Lord. Come on somebody. 
love. So Jesus has to calm a storm. And I could tell you millions of outreach stories, but I feel like I need to do this. He has to calm the storm. He gets to the land. And when he gets there, the man was waiting for him. And the man had his, he wanted to get to Jesus, but the demons didn't want to go. So he wanted to go get delivered, but the demons were trying to pull him back. Have you ever had one mind telling you to do one thing and another mind telling you to do something else? I feel that's what we're struggling with uh, to have apostolic revival. Part of us wants to walk in here and have spiritual warfare and begin to take back uh, everything the devil has stole from us. Uh, we want to take our children back. Uh, we want to take our schools back. Uh, we want to take our friends back. Uh, we want to take our homes back. Uh, we want to take every connection back we can. But there's another part of us that says, I can't fight the fight. It's too tough to fight. I can't fight the fight. It takes too much prayer. It takes too much worship. It takes fighting too many devils. One mind says get on your knees and pray through. And the other mind says I'm not going to. It's not worth the battle. And that's what we're fighting to have apostolic revival in 2017. The devil doesn't mind us coming to church. Did you hear me? He loves little Bible studies. He loves Sunday morning, clap your hands, church, have revival. But he don't mind if a couple come up and dance or shout. And maybe we speak in tongues for the hundredth time. But what makes the devil mad is when somebody says, I'm not doing this for me, but I'm doing this for my land. I'm doing it for the next generation. I'm doing it for the people I'm connected to. What the devil gets mad is when somebody walks inside of here and says, the joy of the Lord is my strength and when I think of the goodness of Jesus I'm taken back I hope this is okay on Wednesday some of you understand this you bring your conflicted self into the house of God into a worship service but you can't have the breakthrough that you need because a house divided against itself shall not Stand. Part of us wants this revival. The other part of us doesn't want to go through the fight. The demons, let me tell you something. The demons didn't care nothing about this man. We hear it preached, oh, about the casting out of these demons out of this man. Let me tell you something on midweek. They were not concerned with this man. Because when Jesus came down, the demons weren't worried about leaving the Sunday service. They weren't worried about leaving you. They just didn't want to leave the land. We don't mind if you cast us out of the man. But please don't cast us out of the land. Because as long as we can hang down, we can go into a bunch of pigs. We can attach to somebody else, and we can keep on moving. And as long as we can hang around, they break through on Sunday, but we'll bring all hell against them on Monday. They pray through on Wednesday, but we will be there to greet them on Thursday because we'll show up in another part of their land. Oh, 
hope this is all right, church. I'm preaching to somebody. It's not about you, sweetheart. It's not about you, sir. It's about your land. It's about your stuff. It's about your area. It's about the places you walk in. You've got to get authority and everywhere you go, not just in church, but you've got to have power over the devil when you go to work. You've got to have power over the demons when you go to school. You've got to have power over every attack in your home. Stop taking the fight personal. It's about your area. Look at the storms that preceded you in your life. Look at the things in your life that you can't control before you got to where you are now. The enemy knew you were going to be something. And he knew he had to attack you before you started taking authority over your land. He wasn't threatened by you. He wasn't threatened by just you being yourself. But the enemy was afraid of what you're going to become. Who feels like you're under some kind of attack in your life? Hold up your hand right now. Hold up your hand if you feel like you're under some kind of attack. Hold up your hand. Hold it up high, O'Fallon, if you're under some kind of attack. I am here to tell you, the enemy is not interested in just you, but he's interested in everything you can affect. So you better learn to pray, and you better learn to worship. And when the storm comes, I've got authority. And when I hit the land, I've got authority. You've got to learn to point around and say, I've got dominion over all of these things he wasn't threatened by you Jesus had to come through a storm to perform a miracle what are the storms Jesus has come through to get to us this morning what are the walls the barriers that Jesus has come through to get to me to get to you Jesus woke up and rebuked a storm he said peace be still he lands in the second he lands the attack occurs. The enemy runs out to him and said, I couldn't stop you from coming. Let's make a deal. I enjoy attacking this man. I've messed him, so messed him up so bad he couldn't live with anybody. I brought him down so low he ended up all alone out amongst these tombstones amongst the dead. He's cut himself in these tombs. I have enjoyed abusing him, watching him beat himself up. He said, and I love bringing on self-inflicted wounds. There is a spirit that is attacking some of us right here on Wednesday night. Bringing self-afflicted wounds. The, the, the enemy loves saying, you might as well give up. You might as well just accept the fact that you will never get free from the strongholds that you are going through on midweek. You might as well just sit back because the enemy is going to keep on tormenting you. He's going to keep on attacking you and keep on fighting you. But I want you to learn that you nor this man are the point in Scripture. It's the land. It's the people around you. You have made up your mind. You have got to make up your mind. This man had so much demonic influence. He had a legion of demons. Legions were trained soldiers that were fighting against him. A strategic force had said we are working in motion to come against you. To cause, to bring organization against a disorganized man. 
And that's exactly what the enemy's trying to do in this church in 2017. He wants you to continue to allow him to attack you, to continue to beat yourself up, to continue to say you're a failure, to continue to say there's no way out, to continue to say there's no victory. But I'm here to tell you that Jesus has showed up inside of this building and he wants to deliver and he wants to heal and he wants to revive. But you got to get up on midweek and wake up out of your slumber and say I'm taking back what belongs to me give me my land give me my territory give me my home give me my connections give me my stuff somebody lift your hands across this place I'm hurrying I'm almost done lift up your hands across this come on come on somebody somebody just lift up your hands The reason you're under attack, that's it, those that are praying, don't stop, is because the enemy knows that you have a purpose of God on your life, that God has called you to something greater than just you. And as long as the devil can keep you cutting up on yourself, hanging amongst dead people, feeling like there's no way out, as long as he can rob you from your influence, from your touch, from the healing powers, as long as he can rob you and keep you bound from the kingdom of God, I'm here to tell Somebody, you've got a higher calling. It's time to rise up and say, devil, stop tormenting me. Stop allowing me to be under this attack. I need to take authority and control over my area. It's time for somebody to rise up this evening and say, you know what, I'm not going to cut myself anymore. I'm not going to cut myself short. I am tired of living with dead things. I am tired of hanging amongst dead areas. I am tired of coming to church and listening to a sermon preached and hearing a song sung. And I go right back out into my depression, into my oppression, into the possessions of the world, being bound by my struggles. I want to walk out of here. And when I do, I want to be able to point in every direction and say, I have dominion. I have authority. I have control. I have power. I want to be able to take my area back. But I'm having to tell you, when Jesus walked up to this man, this man had a legion of demons on him. And that legion didn't want to leave the territory, the area, the land. You have to be willing to open up your mouth out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. The power of life and death is in your tongue. If you sit there on a church chair, you will lose out standing amongst your strongholds. Jesus could not cast the devils out if the man was not willing to open up his mouth and begin to say that name that is more powerful than any other name. In the midst of the storm, you cannot sit back and fold your arms and refuse to open up your mouth. You got to call out in the name of Jesus. Start pointing your finger and taking authority over your area. I hope this is, as I'm getting ready to close, I'm hurrying. The pressure was so strong. The pigs, that when Jesus began to cast these legions of demons out, the pressure was so strong 
that the pigs who did not swim ran to the lake and drowned themselves because they could not handle it. And the herdsmen go tell the city. And the city came out and saw it. And when Jesus cast out these demons, when the city showed up, they asked him to leave because we can't handle what you're doing. When you start having apostolic revival and you start rebuking devils, there's going to be people sitting right next to you that don't want part of it. And they may look as Pentecostal as, as the day is long, but they're going to ask you to leave because you're getting a little too spiritual and you're praying a little too much and you're getting a little bit too noisy and you're claiming taking a little too much authority. I'm here to tell you, I don't care if they ask you to leave. I want you to wake up and realize it's time to take back what the enemy has stole from you. When are you going to take your land back? When are you going to take your property back? When are you going to take your stuff back? How many of you feel like you're under attack right now? Hold up a hand. Hold up a hand on midweek. If you feel like you're under some kind of attack, hold up your hand. If you feel like you're some kind of attack, I want you to stand to your feet right now. If you feel like you're under some kind of attack. Jesus had already come through a storm. Not only did he come through a storm, he's casting these legions of devils out. And the city people don't like him being there. And when the city people ask him to leave, he's not worried about the city people. He just begins to cast this legion of devils out. And when he does this, when the man comes back too, the man, when he gets cleaned of all these demons, you know what he asked Jesus? He said, Jesus... Can I go with you? Because I, you finally got me free of something. Can I leave and go where you are? Because I want to be with you. Because it's a whole lot easier being in your presence than staying in this land by myself. And you know what Jesus told him? Nope. You've got to stay here and take back your land. Take authority over these devils. Take dominion. Take courage. When you get victory, you can't come into the house of God and sit down when you get a blessing and say it's too hard to fight. You've got to begin to walk out and begin to take back everything that the demons have taken from you in the past. You've got to walk into your house and say in the name of Jesus. You've got to get in your car and say in the name of Jesus. You've got to go to your cousin's house and say in the name of Jesus. You got to go to your school and say in the name of Jesus. You got to go to your work and say in the name of Jesus. You got to go in your world and say in the name of Jesus. You've got to take authority. They can, there you are. They're playing behind me. I've hurried. I've covered as much as I could in as short of a time as I could. I remember I was preaching and I'm closing. And I was doing outreach, and we were baptized. I've seen, I don't mean this arrogantly. Two minutes, I promise. But we baptized tons of people. We have tons of people get the Holy Ghost. I've seen it. But the thing that I was struggling with for a long time is we'd baptize them, we'd see them get the Holy Ghost. And many times, we would never see them come back again. And I began to realize there were two problems. One, they were going back into their land. And two, the church itself wasn't taking authority over its land. So you've got a church that is living through Wednesday and Sunday and hoping to hang on. And you've got a world that's coming in 
that doesn't know anything about God and breaks through, but they go back to their homes, their land, their area. And they, they, they pray through. They speak in tongues. They get baptized. It's real. It's genuine. And those demons leave. But they're waiting for them in their houses, in their cars, in their schools, in their jobs. And it's not just guests. It's church people. You come in here and you pray through. You get victory. You get on fire. But until you go home and deal with your stuff, until you go back and deal with your area, until you deal with where you came from, until you deal with where you walk every day, they don't mind if they leave you. They don't mind to hang out in some pigs for a while. So what I started telling people to do, I remember the first lady I said, I want you to go home. And I, I went, I go with several of them. And I said, I want you to walk around your house. And on Monday, I want you to begin to rebuke every devil in your house. Even if you don't feel one, begin to take authority over your stuff. Satan, you cannot have my home. Walk, pray over your children. Satan, you cannot have my kids. I told them, get in your car. Satan, you cannot have my car. Just go to school, wherever you go. Begin to reclaim your area. Begin to claim your land. So when the storm comes, you say, uh-uh, I'm already going to my land. I don't care how tough it gets. I'm going to take back what belongs to me. And I've seen more people staying in the house of God, living for God. And I've seen more church people get on fire and get excited more than just coming to church and going through the motions. Because when you claim your land, when you claim your area, when you claim your stuff, every stronghold that comes against you, you can say, uh-huh, I've got dominion in the name of Jesus. i got a bad report. i got dominion in the name of Jesus. When I go into my home, i got dominion. When I get in my car, I've got dominion. When I go to school, I've got dominion. Somebody lift your hands across this building. Come on. Some of you, I'm preaching right to you. Be honest with yourself. You've come to church tonight. You love singing and preaching and you go to your little church motions and you look like on the outside you got it together. But on the inside, come on. You got things going on in your life. You got a home that's under attack. You've got a job situation that you feel like you're under attack. You got kids that you know are under attack. You've got addictions maybe that you're struggling with you don't want anybody to know about. You're battling depression. You got family situations. You've got connections that are under attack. And the Lord told me, you can't just claim it for you. You got to begin to take authority over every area of your life. And when you start taking authority over every area of your life, young man, I'm not trying to embarrass you. You can walk in the house of God. And no matter what you're facing, you can walk around the house of God and say, guess what, devil? You may be in my home, but I'm coming home to take victory. You may be attacking my mother in sickness, but I'm claiming the name of Jesus. You may be coming against me at my job, but I'm claiming the name of Jesus. I may be battling depression, but I'm claiming the name of Jesus. I may have messed up last night, but I'm coming home in the name of Jesus because you cannot, will not, shall not have my land I have come too far to turn back now I have come too far to let you take what God has given somebody clap your hands or something in O'Fallon let the enemy know come on O'Fallon you've got to do it you got to do it for you I can't do it Brother Buford can't do it you've got to do it for you 
if you need something from God and you're under attack, and I know it's midweek and I don't know what you normally do, I want you to hold your hand up right now. You need something desperately from God. You're under some kind of attack. And not just you. It's everything that you connected to. If you're under some kind of attack, I want you to come. It's going to take boldness. I want you to come to this altar right now real quick on midweek. You under one. There's two. I want you to stand up here. I want you to kneel. There's a reason. I'm not against kneeling, but kneeling is tradition. I did that in my traditional church. When you lift up your hands, you're surrendering to God like she is. And when the enemy, come in as close as you can. When the enemy tries to attack you on Wednesday or Thursday or Friday, when the storm comes, that's it, lift up your hands if you're in this area. I want you to begin to claim everything that's in your area. I want to know if I have some people that can help me pray right now. Do I have anybody out there that can help me pray? Do I have any prayer warriors out there? I want you to come pick one person. Pick one person. To you, this may not be important. To you, it may just be a midweek service. To them, they may look like they have it together on the outside. But you don't know what they're going through on the inside. When they leave this church... When they leave this building, they've got to have the authority to conquer their land. They've got to have the authority to have dominion over their area, over their stuff, over, their, over what they walk through. It can't be just a Sunday or Wednesday relationship. Because the enemy is waiting. He is waiting in their homes. He's waiting at their job. He's waiting... That anger, that depression, lift up your hands. That struggle. As soon as you leave this building, I'm going to try to get you to pick me back up. <laughs> but when you start praying through, when you start taking dominion over your land, you can walk out of here. They can sing behind me when they're ready. You can walk out of here, sir, and say, guess what? You've got to leave. You ain't hanging out in my land. You can plead with me, legions, but you ain't staying. You can't stay in my house. That's it. Start calling. You can't stay in my job. You can't stay in my mind. You can't stay in my school. Get off of my mother. Depression. Addiction. You're waiting for me, but you're not.